Welcome, you're listening to Tea Time with Plan Acquisition, uh, the podcast that's aimed at fostering knowledge and sharing it within this vibrant talent acquisition community. On today's episode, this is what we've got installed for you. It's not something you invest in just once and then put to the side, mm. right? You got to really have like a regular drumbeat uh, and like keep pushing the narrative uh, and try to stay relevant really in people's minds, you know? A candidate that's heard about you at an event or read a piece of content that you've put out there, um, they are essentially pre-qualified um, and you're going to have a lot less uh, you're going to have to do a lot less like selling and they were, they will be more engaged as candidates. It makes everything easier. Like you, you can then spend less time on this selling. They're, they're probably like just generally less slippery, right? Like easier to, to set things up with. I was absolutely thrilled to have Andreas participate in this blog. I've known him for many years. I've worked with him on and off over the last decade. And trust me when I say this, he knows how to one, run a talent acquisition process, two, run a branding process on a tight budget. The learns that we've gained from this podcast have been incredible. There's so much to take out that would take your branding for talent acquisition and employer branding from nothing to something very, very quickly by focusing on the key fundamentals and then working on the basics to implement. So grab a coffee or tea, jump in and let's learn together. I was absolutely thrilled to have Andreas participate in this blog. I've known him for many years. I've worked with him on and off over the last decade. And trust me when I say this, he knows how to one, run a talent acquisition process, two, run a branding process on a tight budget. The learns that we've gained from this podcast have been incredible. There's so much to take out that would take your branding for talent acquisition and employer branding from nothing to something very, very quickly by focusing on the key fundamentals and then working on the basics to implement. So grab a coffee or tea jump in and let's learn together. Welcome to Tea Time with Talent Acquisition, the podcast aimed at sharing knowledge and fostering stories within the vibrant talent acquisition community. There's no surefire way to accomplish anything in life, but with each conversation, we aim to delve into diverse topics and present fresh perspectives to empower you our fellow colleague on your own journey to success. I'm your host, Eden, and for the next hour or so, I'm going to be joined by a highly experienced TAN acquisition expert who over the past decade has helped to sustainably scale a number of startups across the Berlin ecosystem, from Wuga and Aim to Latana and now his current company. This individual has helped create processes, structures, working environments where creativity fueled their hiring. As someone I've actually worked alongside in a former team, it's a great pleasure to have him on today's podcast. So when you're ready, grab your favorite tea or coffee, if you prefer, and welcome me and join today's guest, the Talent Acquisition Manager at Pitch, Andreas Abundi. So thanks so much for joining. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, and thanks for the intro. I kind of uh, was worried I'd have to summarize my uh, 
decade in Berlin, uh, in the Berlin tech scene myself, but you've already done that for me. So, uh, yeah. That's what, link, that's what LinkedIn's for. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the perks of having that aspect of LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I really appreciate you joining on this one. The one we're going to, the topic we're going to cover today is one that, I mean, I mentioned it before we start recording. I'm so excited to have this one because um, I think it's going to touch so many people's kind of interests. We'll get into that part in a minute. But before we do so, I do like to start every episode off with the same question. So mm-hmm. everyone's got a level playing field. What is one thing that you believe everyone in talent acquisition is doing today, but you feel it could be improved upon? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um I think, yeah, I mean, everybody focuses on, um, like, you know, the, the top level KPIs, you know, time to hire, uh, like looking just very deeply at the funnel. And I think that, uh, this is really broad, but I think this focus, and this is not just a phenomenon in talent acquisition, but in every, uh, domain these days is, over focus on data um mm. it can be detrimental i mean there's some things you just can't measure um and i think two of those would be well one is the topic of today's discussion uh employer branding and kind of like the softer part of uh talent acquisition um it's yeah it's unless you're doing brand awareness surveys which i've worked at a company that actually uh, focused on building these um, even those are imperfect, I would argue. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to really uh, judge or gauge the impact of an employer branding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why people don't focus on it because of this, like, um, this, this, the, it being kind of difficult to measure. Um, and then the second I would say is, is candidate experience. Now there's like a little bit more of a trend I'm seeing, uh, people, um, you know, candidates uh, are more vocal, I think, than they used to be about their experiences, uh, which is a great thing. And uh, I think that's put more, you know, there's more platforms for them to share it uh, than there used to be, these these kinds of experience, Glassdoor and LinkedIn. Um, So yeah, that's kind of put a little bit more pressure. I think uh, it's a little bit overdue, more pressure on talent acquisition people to um, put more thought into like, the, the perspective of the candidate treat them, I think, with a little bit more respect. Um, so yeah, I would say it's it's two broad areas, but I think you know this job is one where you're just constantly under pressure, and uh, you know the the numbers are the easiest way to kind of demonstrate yeah. your impact, and they do work in, in certain, and and I think they're important, but I think those softer elements of the job still. You know, if you're thrown into a chaotic uh, environment and you've got a million things to do, you've got 50 jobs to fill, they just get kind of a little bit neglected, uh, those softer mm-hmm. elements. And I think ultimately that's to the detriment of um, of the profession <laughs> because yeah, I, I reputational um, sort of uh, consequences, you know. And, and yeah, ultimately it's going to be harder for you to do the nitty gritty of your job the day to day if you don't uh, kind of take care of the, the softer elements as well. I think the, the topic of employee branding, obviously we're going to speak about today. So we'll circle back to that, but just to kind of put my element into and experience, it's, it's definitely a topic that 
a lot of people been listening to on the podcast we've covered it a few times already and you know there's so much still to cover I think uh, not I think I actually wrote an uh, a post about this other a couple of weeks but I hope is rather the better phrase where so many talent acquisition professionals have been let go and they're in you know the the firefighter finding a job right now and they're feeling it they they know what bad experiences look like because you know we candidates are getting ghosted companies are just closing roles making offers pulling them mm-hmm. i'm hoping that the people that are in the positions of 2024 2025 they remember what it felt like in 2023 mm-hmm. to to kind of go through that process and what that experience felt like for them as so we don't remake the same mistakes mm-hmm. um think we will get there i think this is probably the first time in a very long time or certainly in my career where so many talent teams have been so not talent teams but how many talent individuals have been looking and experiencing bad processes so i think this is going to make a sizable shift mm. in that actual experience um yeah. that's uh that's the hope but yeah absolutely. check back in, in a couple of years time and see uh see was the prediction right uh, yeah I'd, I'd actually um yeah, it's, it's so, you know, you get so stuck into something like being on the one side of the recruitment process. It, I think it gradually kind of like, uh, wears away your empathy mm-hmm. and like your, your ability to kind of like see it from the other perspective. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, that's a optimistic, but I think, uh, I'm also hopeful that, uh, you know, un- unfortunately with so many people having people in my profession having to had look for jobs this year that they'll come in with like maybe more of a fresh and more candid. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hoping as well. And because I think a lot of people have been impacted. It's not just your juniors. It's not just your ICs. You've got middle layers of management and global heads mm-hmm. of. And these are the people who can drive that change. Yeah. I think it just needs to be a collective that once the market starts picking up, mm-hmm. we don't forget what's happened. Yeah. And we don't just rush it to one side and go, you know what let's yeah. just get back to normal like because the normal now doesn't it, it shouldn't exist in my yeah. opinion i wish it weren't so taboo to be honest for like people to just uh you know in any profession just to do interviews <laughs> like you know apply at other companies just as like a a test or like a to get to do like some market research i mean it's a bit unethical anyway because you're probably so unethical but i've done it (laughs) you're leading on the 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 company that you're applying to right Uh, yeah they would never invest the time in you if you admit it i'm just doing a bit of market research here but you know it would definitely uh again help to to see maybe where uh you know how your your recruitment process and your candidate experience how it uh, measures up to to what's out there because again you really do lose that perspective um unless you're going to be strong strong minded not to look at the other company and go actually you know what that is better than what i've got yeah. now and continue the process yeah i mean there's other ways to get that kind of uh intel uh you know i mean there's like domain specific talent acquisition meetups and stuff and you know you can speak to your peers nobody's like nothing none of this is like a closely guarded secret ever so no. you can always get I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be doing this podcast right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so the, the topic of this is employer branding so employer branding has i think it's become part of the talent acquisition function maybe the last couple of years more so where it's become kind of in this world but just explain what do you specifically mean when we mm-hmm. say employer branding 
Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, little disclaimer, first off, I'm not an employer branding expert, right? Bigger talent acquisition people teams do have experts. Some of them actually uh, come from marketing or comms or branding backgrounds and then kind of just apply those skills to um, talent acquisition. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like coming at it from the inverse sort of perspective, right? Like a talent acquisition person who, um, you know, tries to learn about branding and uh, communications and all of that and uh, apply it to, to that domain. Um, so, yeah, you know, some of the things I'm going to say maybe don't ring 100% true to a, uh, a branding specialist per se, but, um, you know, it's just based on my experience trying to learn it the other way around. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is actually the situation most uh, talent acquisition people working in tech, right, in smaller, medium-sized companies, this is a situation they face. They, they don't yeah. necessarily have uh, the background or the expertise in, in branding. Um, so, you know, they're, they're just, uh, and if they don't, uh, they don't uh, invest in it though. Nobody else will, right? And nobody else will kind of take the initiative to, to build an employer brand. So yeah, it's kind of, uh, I think what I'm going to share is yeah, my perspective based on operating in that uh, smaller, medium-sized company context where I was responsible for, for employer branding. Um, but yeah, so what is it? I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, branding products <laughs> existed before. I think there, there were like dedicated uh, and marketing teams for, for products or services. They existed before, I think, the talent acquisition function did. Um, but I think it's still, so, so I think we, it's still useful to apply sort of a similar definition and similar sort of principles. So um, really branding and marketing is about like raising awareness uh, for a product, right? And, uh, increasing the likelihood that somebody's going to purchase it. Um, or if they don't purchase it, at least make them like a net promoter or like a, a brand evangelist or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so our product as talent acquisition people is essentially, it's like, yeah, it sounds a bit like transactional, but it's uh, the jobs that we have on offer, right? And the purchase intent is like making a job application and the, the final purchase is uh, accepting a job offer. So, um, you know, uh, you, you, if you think of it that way, uh, your job is like really to, yeah, <laughs> I mean, NTA, it's about making the jobs or like, you know, what everything that comes with the job, like working in a certain environment on a certain product, make that more attractive. Um, and yeah, like branding as well, um, it's not something branding again for a product or marketing a product. It's not something you invest in just once and then put to the side, mm. right? You got to really have like a regular drum beat, uh, and like keep pushing the narrative, uh, and try to stay relevant really in people's minds, you know? Um, even if, you know, and that again, it applies, uh, it applies as much to, to talent acquisition as it does to, to marketing a product in that not everybody's going to want to buy what you're selling immediately. Um, so not everybody's looking for a job all the time, but if you've done the work to, to stay relevant and in people's minds, when that time comes around, they will be more aware of you. Absolutely.
be bought in and yeah, hopefully, hopefully purchase it. So yeah, I mean, that's like a more um, conceptual <laughs> definition. In practice, it means just like knowing what your values are as a company, like, and, and kind of uh, communicating those, like what, what really makes you special. Um, and that is, you know, usually the, the, the people that work there, the, the environment, um, the, yeah, the product, you can also push, uh, you know, how the, how the product is built, uh, through, through employer branding. And yeah, there's, there's many, again, many mediums you can use. Like we talk about marketing channels all the time, uh, for, for products, same applies, uh, for employer brand. Yeah, I think the the employer branding aspect, like when I'm speaking to TAs myself and we're talking about it, mm-hmm. I always just explain to them, you know, the um, we get the, the holiday uh, adverts. Yeah. So you might get the supermarket adverts. I always try to explain it like that. If like, for example, here in the UK, obviously we have Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison's. Mm. They all fight each other for prime, prime space, but yeah. it's not about the supermarket this, this time of year. It's about them going viral because they've made the best advert of the year. So mm-hmm. everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And that's it. Because then eventually in summer, when you're getting your barbecue for your food, mm-hmm. you go to the one that you remember the most. Yeah. And I know we're not selling food. Don't get me wrong. We're selling, selling obviously opportunities mm-hmm. and your organization and what it's like to work there. But it's the same thing. You're absolutely right. It's mm-hmm. not a one size fits all. It's not a one and done. It's mm-hmm. constant improvement, iterations, failures, trying again. Yeah, and then eventually something starts snowballing, and mm. you get a name for yourself. You get a you get a brand, and then someone actually explained it to me that as your company expands, it eventually becomes like a teenager that it takes a mind of its own. You cannot really control it as much anymore. But that's when you know you've got a brand, for good yeah. or bad. You've got a brand, mm. whatever it's going to be. It's based on what you've you've helped create. Um, so we need to get to a point of employer branding is we need to create it from the with the right mindset the right attitude from the beginning so when it does become a stroppy teenager Uh it's not going to be uh it's not going to be going against us Uh um why why do you feel employer branding is important so regardless of how big or small your company is Uh why why is it something that we should be paying attention to um hmm think there's a couple of aspects so one i'll start with like the very self-interested ones <laughs> for yeah. for talent acquisition people one is is that it's just fun <laughs> like it gives you a bit of variety true. i mean right i that mean is fun, fun is important i mean and variety is important because it keeps you engaged i think uh if your day is filled with you know fairly repetitive tasks like let's say sourcing so sending out uh whatever putting together prospect lists and sending out uh you know pretty much uh the same or like slightly modified uh versions of the same do that what are you talking about i mean look (laughs) part of the job i think everybody you can still make that fun as well if you if you put some uh if you get creative with it but some um, music on yeah 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 exactly <laughs> get some tea um yeah yeah so uh you know this employer branding gives you some variety right it like forces you yeah. to be and learn about being a copywriter or like a designer or like a comms specialist and collaborate with experts in those fields um so yeah it just kind of 
it, it, uh, I think, uh, if you're running a talent acquisition team, for example, I think that's, uh, that's a little bit of a tip, right? That if you have, I don't know, a couple of folks on the team, uh, make sure that, you know, employer branding is, is actually a shared responsibility, um, so that people don't get too bogged down by whatever, uh, you know, their, uh, otherwise their, their speciality is. Um, and then, yeah, another self-interested, uh, justification <laughs> or like, you know, the reason to invest in employer branding is it makes your job easier. Like the, so if you're, you know, if you're being um, assessed um, and in terms of like, how many people do you hire and how fast, which honestly, that's, <laughs> that's really, I think uh, what most like, stakeholders like hiring managers leadership that's what they're looking at most closely especially if it's a high yeah. pressure environment like where, you know there's there's a lot of hires to be made in a short time um you're you're that will all become so much easier if you have um a distinctive and well um well thought out and and well-developed employer brand so um and the reason for that is you essentially, if you have a, a well-known or like a reasonably well-known employer brand, you're going to get more like pre-qualified candidates at the top of your funnel, right? Um, the, you know, the more um, people already know about you uh, as an employer, the more they're kind of like intrigued by what they've heard, the more it fits their values it's it's more likely they're gonna they're gonna apply when they're looking without yeah. you needing to prompt them by spending a ton on uh, whatever to, investing a ton of time in in direct sourcing like you know uh, direct outreach or you know posting job ads um, and yeah that's I think why it's really the most important I mean I've I've faced this before like you know came into a, a company that. Um, didn't have a well-known product, first of all, um, you know, that, that really, if, you know, that's often the case in B2B companies, by the way, the average person on the street, job seeker on the street is just not going to have any uh, pre-existing knowledge of what you do or care much about what you do. Um, and yeah, it was really, you know, I could see it. The, the situation was that we had to do a ton of direct sourcing when we did post jobs, like all, if you looked at the sources, almost none were through directly uh, people coming directly onto the website, the careers page. It was all like just uh, clicking through from uh, external platforms, you know, where we were posting mm -hmm. the jobs. And yeah. and yeah, that's a good way actually to measure like the effectiveness uh, or like the the success of your employer brand is look at those sources. And so, yeah, I was in that situation because yeah, if nobody's coming directly to your website, that shows, okay, nobody's, <laughs> no, nobody's, nobody's finding you for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you're not, yeah. you're not on people's radars. You're there on platforms yeah. because they're actively looking for a job, but they're not yeah. proactively thinking, Hey, I'd like to work there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we had to really, I mean, this was one, I think it was, 
it was it was already kind of floating out there as an idea when I joined. Like, hmm, maybe employer branding could could help us solve this problem because, you know, it was. I mean, I, every uh, talent acquisition person knows this, right? Like, yeah, direct outreach is great, but it's like a low return on investment and the the candidates you get through that are notoriously difficult to manage because they you know a lot of the time they're not active job seekers they need you need to do that qualification and selling um and that all takes time and the like chances of failure i.e them like just dropping out or being like you know what mm. actually i'm just gonna stay where i am um they're they're much higher the the chances that that's gonna happen with those kinds of candidates whereas and a candidate that's heard about you at an event or read a piece of content that you've put out there, um, they are essentially pre-qualified. Um, and you're going to have a lot less, uh, you're going to have to do a lot less like selling and they, were, they will be more engaged as candidates. It makes everything easier. Like you, you can then spend less time on this selling. They're, they're probably like just generally less slippery, right? Like easier to, to set things up with. And um, yeah, that's, that's, I think the, again, the last like self-interested argument um, for recruiters. And then one like less self-interested one, why it's important is there's kind of like a knock-on effect. Um, if you're, if you've, gone through the effort of like articulating your values and like showcasing your work and your environment uh, through all those employer branding channels, it kind of like reinforces them internally as well. And it holds people a little bit accountable. Um, and in, you know, if, if you've put a lot of thought into them and <clears throat> their uh, whatever values that people are proud of, uh, the people that you already work with are proud of, it will, um, you know, it will lead to more pride in, in, in the work and, and like, will will make the retention people... rate from the team members that, 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 that... Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because it's, yeah, it just shows like, a it's like the next level of intent, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. okay. You can profess your values and, and your, what you, what you want to represent internally, but it really like, yeah, it's another level of accountability and, uh, and pride, like to, to talk about it externally. And again, not just talk about it once, like on a careers page, talk about it, kind of reinforce it over and over again. Uh, I think that can have an effect uh, internally as well, just that everybody's constantly sort of like reminded, okay, yeah, this is what we're about. This is, uh, you know, why it's a great place to work. Who we are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. From the internal perspective, from the internal, the individual perspective, mm. you diversify your days. It makes it more creative. You get a little bit more flexibility in certain tasks. Yeah. From a business perspective, we increase the retention rate, but naturally it also increases the opportunity of getting better qualified candidates at the top of the funnel and yeah. makes it easier to close throughout that process. And then hopefully leading to a better return investment on the tools that you're using. And mm -hmm. Especially yeah. in something like like in the current market where, you know, maybe new tool sign-offs, new platforms, agencies, RPO systems, whatever. You know, mm. it's each each euro that's being spent is being scrutinized. So mm. you need to make sure that 
if you are and in this essence on a budget and you want to do employee branding then you know you need to be maximizing as much as possible so before we get into kind of methods which mm-hmm. um i know you've got quite a few to share so i'm excited to kind of get to that point but we need to identify where we're going right so we need to know what the goal is um mm-hmm. we know why we should be doing employee branding but there's no point in just doing employee branding because eventually you're going to fall full you know you might forget ideas you might not know where to go it might get a little bit confusing to people who are actually reading the content or seeing you online or offline so how can you actually articulate clearly as a collective team what the end goal for employer branding should Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i mean you could uh you could get really like uh practical about it and just say, okay, we want to increase this number. We want to increase like the direct applications, uh, qualified direct applications by this amount, or we want to reduce our reliance on whatever, um, the direct outreach, candidates coming in through direct outreach um, by a certain amount. Uh, so that's one end goal. And I think it's kind of a worthy one. And to be honest, it's the easiest one to use, uh, if you're trying to get buy-in from leadership or from hiring managers or from like an internal marketing team, um, because it's like, yeah, it has just the most, uh, tangible, like value. Like it's, it's hard to argue against doing something, uh, or investing in something, um, you've got a return investment value behind it yeah exactly exactly and and uh, there's no hiring manager that's gonna like they can argue with uh like they can argue how much they correlate maybe but there's there's ways you can argue against that but they can't argue that oh we don't want to decrease our time to hire or we don't want to increase uh you know our um the the number of qualified like uh candidates at the top of our funnel so that's that's one way to to just or to kind of like set the the end goal. Um, but I think yeah, I mean the the reasons I mentioned before, right, uh, are are just as valid. Um, you know, if you're trying to motivate a team, um, yeah, employer. Right? I mean, yeah, this is maybe a weak justification if you're talking to leadership or hiring managers. But if you're if you're uh, uh, leading a talent acquisition team, uh, you know giving giving folks that variety and allowing them to grow uh in in ways that like along career paths maybe um that they they wouldn't uh be able to explore in a team that's a little bit more like rigid in terms of responsibilities and, and career paths yeah that's that's another reason to do it um and yeah the the last point also that i mentioned before right the this accountability like everything you talk about in your employer brand um that's those are things you you you're kind of signing up to live up to right uh if if you're putting them out there um anybody that joins it's kind of like sets a little bit of a a standard it's like okay we have to this is now going to be the expectation like of people coming in uh and we, we we have to live it essentially um you know I mean, it's easy to live up to if all you do is on your uh, in your employer brand is talk about I don't know like benefits or you know 
fruit baskets. In that way, we're similar to we are selling food in some ways, like Marks and Spencers and and Tesco. I mean, the, 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 sooner, the sooner we read, the sooner we read fresh fruit from uh, from the job description, the better yeah. I think the world will be for everybody. Um, yeah, that's almost okay. become uh, a cliche now. Yeah, yeah the standing joke. That one, yeah. if you're in Berlin, club mate. We yeah. have club oh, mate yeah. and we have fresh fruit. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's easy to live up to because what you got to do, you just got to get, you know, the Bye. delivery every week. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you talk about like how you ship your products and like what role, yeah. what the role of a product manager is and how that might be different from, and, you know, tell the story through a person doing that job, which mm. is, you know, I think a key part of any employer brand is like just to tell stories and to use like you let the people who actually work there use their voices, like not not kind of put words in their mouths or um, makes it more authentic. It's not just you pushing out your opinion from a marketing perspective or from a TA perspective. It's it's getting by, and it links back to you know increasing retention. If I was to sit there and say how great company is they've helped me do this they've helped me do that Mm. i'm way less likely to leave in the immediate future because my name is now associated to that company on a youtube account on a linkedin account on a blog or whatever i know who does it really really well i don't know how it actually impacts their retention rate if i'm honest Um, maybe we'll have to try and ask them i'm a delivery hero oh yeah it's really well they they get their blog um, they frequently get people in the tech team to write very technical articles, put it on the blog, creates great SEO for them, but it also yeah. showcases the technical quality that other people could expect if they were to join. And they do that really, really well. And I always frequently see their articles um, and the team are proud to share them. Mm-hmm. And everyone cheers for each other. Everyone shares kudos, all that sort of stuff. And it's yeah. it's good to see. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they've only been doing that recently. Maybe like, probably like this year mm-hmm. or maybe... I'll, I'll check before this goes live. I'm gonna have to check now. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got the we know the what is we know the why we should be doing it. We've got some tangible way to express to more like the C level. Look, we can do it because we can reduce time to hire. We can increase the return mm-hmm. investment on this. Yada yada yada. Right. Mm-hmm. These are great, but then the really important thing that I think most people are itching to hear from you mm-hmm. is how do we get going? You know, what are we actually going to do around employer branding? And taking it from the perspective of I've got a very limited budget because yeah. a lot of teams probably come from that perspective because if you've got a large budget, you've probably got someone purely dedicated to this. You've got a content writer, probably sit with the marketing team as well. So let's take it from small to mid-scale companies or people in enterprise companies that have a very specific scope. My budget is small, if nothing. What yeah. can I do to try and increase my brand or my, my organization's employer branding today? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's kind of, again, the, the context I've, I've had to operate in, uh, for most of my, at least Berlin, uh, based career. So I'm going to go again, though, a little bit back to like yeah, laying the mean. foundation because mm-hmm. I think people really underestimate this. They make their lives more difficult and they will face roadblocks so much sooner if they don't take care of these, these fundamentals. So, um, I, yeah, I've already mentioned it. So really important is to get buy-in, uh, from your leadership team and your hiring manager. Sure. But also the people you're going to rely on, uh, in house. Mm. 
Like, so yeah, that's, that it, it makes sense, um, for, uh, people to hesitate to, uh, invest in employer brand. If you're relying 100% on external resources, like, I don't know, designers, videographers, copywriters, which a lot of teams do because they're told like upfront, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to use internal marketing resources or internal design resources for employer brand. They're like focused on. Why would they be sharing that? Well, why would they be told that? Why would they be told that? Because you haven't done the work to make it a priority to clearly articulate. Uh, okay. This, this is why employer branding is important. There's two elements. Yeah. One is articulating why it's important and kind of before you want to uh, undertake bigger projects. Um, yeah. You, uh, you know, you need to um, really, yeah, kind of, kind of get that, get that buy-in. Um, and the second is, uh, yeah, you need to just plan in advance. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of TA people will, um, you know, just kind of take a scattershot approach to, to employer branding and look at it as like, let's get some huge wins just like out of the way. And then like a big, like the, the, the real, uh, the one I see all the time is people, um, uh, yeah, trying to revamp their careers page, right? Um, yeah. which is a huge project to be fair. Um, and yeah, if, if that's what you're coming to the table with, like to a marketing team that has other, you know, other things on their roadmap or other, other priorities. Yeah. Chances are you will be told no. And then you got to figure out another way to do it. You got to go to freelancers. Just, curiosity, if you don't mind me sharing, uh, saying then, if we've already identified that probably most people, if you're looking into employee brand in the early stage, most people aren't probably finding your careers page anyway. So yeah. why would you gravitate towards upgrading your careers page if people aren't going there in the first place? Mm -hmm. no, you want to get more people into the funnel to organically find it, show that you've increased the traffic, to then go back and say, now let's ramp up. Totally, totally agree with that. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And this is, uh, I think people are attracted to it because it's, in some ways, it seems like such a, a compact and like, you know, like this is our mission statement. Like, let's put everything out on the table there. And, um, yeah, and I think it, it should to some extent do that, but I think it shouldn't, as you suggested, like it's not, uh, you're you're not uh, really spreading the word beyond people who are on the website already, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. You're you're neglecting other channels which might lead them to that, uh, let's say, like you know, shop window. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's that. So when it comes to like actually getting um, getting the resources, getting the the buy-in try to like plan it a little bit more in advance and think of it as an ongoing effort. Right. And so then you're less likely to like overwhelm the resources that you, you get again, the internal resources, which are yeah, okay. Technically, if you ask an accountant, they would say this still costs money because we pay those people. Like, but I guarantee you it's cheaper and the communication will be so much easier than if you're going externally. Um, Plus, you're getting perspectives uh, from people who actually work with you. That's like, you know, just yeah. in terms of 
concepts and the content you're 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 getting you're they not know the style about. and the vibe of the company already exactly exactly um so yeah uh that's that's really important and and um if you do that again you're you're gonna be much better placed uh again you you get the buy-in from internal marketing people resources essentially that you need to rely on from leadership as well to actually mm -hmm. take time away from sourcing or you know all the stuff that to them seems like well that's that that should be your job no like i want i want to see results now i don't want to invest in something for an uncertain like result down the line which a lot of uh people that's what, how they see employer branding by the way yeah um yeah so so you you got to bring them bring them on side essentially um and yeah plan it like properly again think of it as an ongoing effort and then you're less likely to um to uh, overwhelm the resources that you are given like you know i mean we at pitch we used to do at the beginning of every year like essentially uh we had like a project roadmap for all of our initiatives like you know around tooling around employee or candidate experience um sourcing uh, but we had a specific calendar as well for employer branding part of and part of that was like a content calendar a uh an events calendar award submission calendar um glad yeah. you just said that because we use a content calendar we implemented <laughs> it um i think beginning of this year so we were in april for us so we do april to march um and that that covers I mean, the podcasts, the blogs, it has who's the guest, what the topic is. Yeah. Then we have something for TikTok, Instagram, mm -hmm. LinkedIn. It has, it breaks it down. So we mm -hmm. know what we're filming, when we're filming it, what needs to be edited, where in the pipeline it is, and what mm -hmm. the audience is, in, or who, who the audience is intended it for. Mm -hmm. And that has been powerful, having that a small adjustment. And yeah. again, that's coming from a team that's five people. So obviously, we our budgets are going to be small on the, con on the um, employee mm -hmm. branding side. Yeah, but uh, like it also, yeah. I mean, people, I think, underestimate the 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 value of just giving people a heads up. <laughs> like you're a lot likely to face resistance when somebody knows something's been sort of on the agenda or coming up for a while. Absolutely. Because you know they're juggling a lot of priorities. Um, you know, you can get it on there uh, on their roadmaps uh, or sooner rather than later and. Um, yeah, that, that allows you then to rely more on those internal resources and ultimately, um, spend less uh, than, than you would if you were constantly, you know, kind of, uh, going external for whatever, a copywriter or a, a graphic mm -hmm. designer or, uh, yeah, videographer. So then, like I said, circling back to the, the question of what can we go and do? Mm. what key kind of um methods or yeah me let's let's call it methods you know what i mean what what kind of um what was worked well for you and maybe what hasn't worked yeah yeah um what's worked well uh honestly content a big one and uh this is also content's great because you get a lot of mileage out of it um when I say content, I mean uh, specifically written content. Um, I think video is great as well, by the way. Um, 
Bye. Yeah, because we're videoing now and you, you feel bad saying it. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, this is a podcast, isn't it? So it's, well, it's also like videoed. It's doubled because yeah. it goes it goes on YouTube as well. Yeah. So smart thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's it's just more. Um, you know, it's it's a little. I mean, it's so the reasons it's good is that it's very engaging. It's very obviously visual, and it's like it kind of really, um, yeah. It, it uh, paints paints a picture and kind of gives you like a sense of, of somebody's personality more than uh, maybe a piece of written content would. But written content, I think, um, is more easily shareable. I think a lot of people on social media don't click out of principle or out of time. Social uh, will, will will not click videos and then just sit there and watch it. I think uh, written content is more digestible at your own pace as opposed to the pace of what what, uh, what a video uh, whichever goes at um and yeah you can uh, it's also easier to produce <laughs> not gonna lie yeah. written content yeah, right? you get it can be very collaborative it's not necessarily always the author who is the only one contributing to to the person with the byline isn't the only person who's contributed to it um and uh yeah it goes out on uh many mediums it's very easy to kind of like parlay it into different mediums in different formats um so yeah i mean and one like more practical tip here is that um yeah you can uh you use a lot of the 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 content that i've produced for example at at pitch or i've helped uh to produce it was like stuff that already existed but just was reformulated for like a, a blog piece like for example um there were a lot ton of internal resources about our tech culture like how how do we build this product like what's our shipping cadence what are the tools and like sort of the libraries we use um and yet like obviously that's content people are going to really engage with um and will speak a lot to potential candidates because they're really interested. Wow. So you guys are using, we use closure. It's like fairly esoteric, like programming, functional programming language. Um, it's rarely used to make like, you know, kind of more mass market, uh, uh, you know, products like pitch mm -hmm. uh, presentation software in a browser. Um, so a lot of people are really interested. Okay. What, what framework specifically are you using? How do you, you know, uh, how do you like, do it? How do you how, why did you choose it? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that content was there. So we repurposed a, a bunch of it, like took, took kind of the key takeaways from things like what, what are our engineering principles? How often do we ship? How do we plan? Um, you know, what some more kind of technical stuff about implementation. And yeah, we, we crafted like a bunch of different, uh, blog articles around that. And then this goes into repurposing. So yeah, how are you going to get the most mileage out of that? So you, you have a blog article, uh, for example, about your engineering principles. Easy one and an easy win is uh, get it out on social media, right? Best uh, mm -hmm. uh, social platforms for employer branding. Generally, it's LinkedIn because people are on there maybe looking around <laughs> for jobs, but just more kind of yeah. with, uh, with uh, yeah, uh, kind of work or professional things. Um, Hacker news uh, for tech stuff. A lot of um, folks on there. We also had um, 
uh, a couple of Slack channels that we would share that on. But like, there's there's some evergreen content, let's say, that you know will be interesting to to all candidates in a specific domain. Put it on your job descriptions as well, like as as part of a you know, a, let's say boilerplate text at the top. Um, so yeah, just really getting the most uh, out of those things. Um, I mean, it really always will depend on, and this I should have said this before about you know, the, the foundations of employer branding and how to like maximize your chance of getting the resources and, and, uh, you know, building a successful or an effective employer brand. And that is like, know your, know your target audience, like who, who, who specifically. And I mean, a really simple way to do this is just look at your hiring plan for a year or your likely hiring plan. And then just kind of uh, look at the proportions like of, like okay, what what do we actually want to do? How many tech uh, technical folks versus design folks versus sales folks? Whatever are we aiming to hire? And that should kind of set the agenda for for the employer brand, specifically when it comes to content. Um, yeah, you know another just to, just to sorry jump in. So if you're if you're intending to hire say more salespeople, yeah. you would purposely gear your content towards what the salespeople want to see. What are they going to be most interested in? Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't always have to, I mean, like, so I've even uh, had, especially sales folks are like, obviously very active. Uh, they're very I mean, extroverted, but also very good at building and selling themselves, like building their own brand and selling themselves. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, or I've worked with sales folks who uh, would publish, um, you know, just uh, self-initiated, like publish a piece of content, like, you know, ah, these are my thoughts on a particular, um, a particular tool or a particular method uh, of sales. And you could even use that as a quick win, like, Hey, can we repurpose this or post it like as is just repost it on our channels? Um, oh, so you would contact them and ask them, yeah, I mean, I work with them, so it's not like I'm. Uh, I'm coming oh, on. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought he was referring to other people who maybe you were trying to target. No, 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 no. I would okay, just, got it. No, I'm. I'm talking about uh, like coworkers who are, yeah, who are yeah. publishing content for whatever, just to you know, knowledge share out there in yeah. the world, or for. So you, you would ask them, can so it's still there because I think there's there's somewhat of a fear I do see with this about who owns the content. And I do yeah. see it a few times, especially when I do, the, I do obviously, I mean, we do blogs, you know, that one you participated, yeah. we do the podcast. And then when I'm speaking to some of the guests, they're like, okay, I want it in my name. Not, yeah. I don't want it to be my name at this company, just yeah. in case they try to either take it off. They try yeah. to take ownership of it. It hasn't happened in terms of that. No one's ever emailed me saying, take this down. Um, but I, yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe my audience isn't big enough yet. <laughs> one one thing why it's why it's in my head, and this is this works really well that I've um I've seen it a few times and I'm trying it ourselves as well, and it's on the topic of written content. Mm. Um so by the way, I, I fully agree with the written content repurposing it. it took us a little, little bit of time to get it. We now have a process, it's called the five to one. So right. every one piece of written article content produces five external contents and you can mm -hmm. like snip it down. You can do a video, um, whatever, right. It's, yeah. um, tweet series. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, 
but our blog itself is obviously driven by my LinkedIn, the team LinkedIn, and we have a Medium account. But there's um, a collection of blogs that you know other people would write about, saying these are the top five blogs to read in dot dot dot. Now there's a tool that you can download on Google, um, a plugin which basically checks dead links. So you can go to these lists in your field and you can see which ones are no longer relevant. So especially it works really good for podcasts as well, because a lot of podcasts just fizzle out. Um, and you can see which are dead links. Those that are, you can message the person who operates the site and say, hey, notice this one's a dead link. Can you replace it with our one? Here's our link. And because they don't want to be seen as somebody who's producing crap content themselves as dead links, yeah. most people just go, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. So I know it's it's a bit of a, a long-winded one, but it's a really if you make it happen, I've seen some podcasts do it. Mm. It's a really simple way to then you can then repurpose that and say we've been featured on mm. this. We've been it's uh it's a bit of a I love it shady sure. way of it, but no, it's a it's, it's a way. clever hack. Yeah, yeah. I've never thought I mean SEO and like yeah, getting backlinks and having associations with like more well-established. Um, well-established uh, whatever platforms publishers uh that's also a part of employer branding of course mm. um yeah so i've never thought of that uh actually but yeah. for for any i guess it's a yeah seo content marketing kind of go hand in hand uh yeah it's a it's a great i, I never never heard of that uh, technique what's the tool by the way the dead link i'll, I'll have to um give me a second <laughs> Yeah. Let me. Cause I'm not match on Google at the moment. I'm on the. Uh, I'm on Edge. Oh. Still Microsoft Edge. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to yeah. load it now. What is this? 1998. Hey, hey, hey! Don't don't, don't do it. <laughs> it's it's actually called Check My Links. Okay. Today, cool. A Google plugin cool. to check my yeah. links, and then look. when you deploy it onto um, a site, it'll run it, and it'll just it'll literally say if it if it highlights it green, it's good. If it highlights it in red, it's a dead link. Um, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Take that one with take that away with you. Cool. Anyone who's listening, what yeah, everyone yeah. now still my idea. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut this. Uh, it's there uh, to be shared. It's all good. So outside of written content, Eden's dodgy backdoor SEO mm-hmm. link. Um, mm-hmm. What else would you say is a really strong employer mm-hmm. branding technique yeah. that we can employ? Yeah, um, I think. Purely for word of mouth, there's some limitations to this strategy, mm-hmm. but um, and I understand why this kind of like fell by the wayside with COVID uh, and lockdowns and social distancing uh, in the past couple of years. But events, mm-hmm. events again, if you're operating in this this context, small, medium sized company, limited resources, they are a great way. Um, to actually build your employer brand. Um, again, you got to do it like purposefully. Don't just reach out to any and all event organizers. Think about who do we actually want to speak to? Which communities? Like, And, and again, that, that's depending on your, your hiring goals. Um, yeah, so you, you need to um, kind of build up a list essentially, or what you should do is build up a list of, okay, these are some meetup groups in, let's say you're hiring, I don't know, uh, 
back end developers. Yeah, closure <laughs> developers. Yeah. I mean, luckily for closure, this is a super simple exercise because there's literally only like two closure events per and year. That's, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I said you know, closure events. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of the groups and uh, the community is small. Yeah. Let's say that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for something like, uh, I don't know, Python developers or Ruby, yeah. Ruby developers, there's quite a lot more selection uh, there. Um, so yeah, try to try to focus in on the ones that seem to have the most active membership or the biggest number of members, or where you know you can watch some videos on YouTube of what's been sort of presented in the past. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get a sense of like, okay, this is like this is the, people clearly attend this because it's useful and it's it's clearly the people who attend are deeply embedded in this community and care a lot yeah. about it. So yeah, hosting events. I mean, um, what the advantage is in terms of employer brand is just purely the association uh, of your yeah. company with a certain community. Um, so by, you know, uh, donating your office or, space. Or, um, yeah, borrowed, um, what's the phrase? Valor. No, no I, f- I forgot the word now. No. It's escaped me. It's going to come into my head. Literally, I'll be saying it in the middle of the night and I have to text you then. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well. It's cool. Um, it's going to bug me. Chine, you could say. Yeah. Foreign the... authority. There Foreign we go. Boom. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on. So, yeah, and uh, you get that. But also, sometimes you got to ask for it. But we used to host at uh, one company I worked we used to, Again, this was a big part of our employer uh, branding strategy was like hosting events uh, for specific yeah, domains, uh, focused on specific domains or, or kind of groups uh, of people. Um, yeah, we, uh, we would always request, hey, you're in our office. Um, do you mind if we, uh, there's a fine line here. You can push it too hard, but you can ask nicely, can we just give like us being the, the talent acquisition or people team, can we just give like a really brief intro and just like tell people what we do and why we're excited to host it. And most people, again, meetup groups are cooler about this because they're generally self-organized and informal yeah. uh, than like, you know, I don't know, the bigger, more formal event. And yet they're always happy to let you do that. Um, and that can have like really this multiplier effect, like people, yeah, okay, there's the people who are there in the moment uh, who are now suddenly aware of what you do and what tools you use and whatever uh, that you're hiring and what you're hiring for. But uh, I've had it happen back then. It happened very frequently that from that, somebody else would, uh, somebody who was attending would tell someone else and so forth. It, it, it really worked wonders. And so you get bonus points here, or it's more effective. Any event for meetup group, less formal, or like a bigger one where you have to pay for a conference ticket or whatever. Um, it's more effective if a somebody who you uh, work with, um, so a, co- a colleague, is actually giving a talk. Um, yeah. Ideally, yeah, related to to the work they do at the company. Um, because yeah, then you just get a subject matter expert. You get more engagement uh, from the audience, and yeah, you get more out of it. Also, if you this again goes to repurposing, and again, if we're talking about do stuff on a budget, 
just squeeze every last like you know drop out of whatever you're investing you can get pictures from it you can post that and say we're at this event i mean you don't have to be so like yeah yeah you want to do all of this stuff in like a tasteful way right don't make it super obvious that it like or you don't want to give the impression that you were only hosting the event to get this piece of content out of it like so don't just say hey we hosted some people by the way here are the jobs in that domain like say ah oh, it was a it was a great evening this is what was discussed these are some of the topics here's the links to the organizers and here's the video recording of the session and then only then if you want to learn more about us yeah our lovely like, careers page. because i think it, it can kind of backfire if you if you yeah absolutely you can see through it yeah absolutely uh, and that can do more harm uh, than good in the long run um so yeah um this is something you can work uh you can do fairly independently as a talent acquisition team if you're trying to line up speakers um you know that's obviously more collaborative. I mean, I had the privilege of working in one company. It was, it was Wuga actually, where we had a full-time events manager and we would work with her at the beginning of every year uh, to talk through, okay, what, what communities are you trying to uh, sort of engage Mm -hmm. with this year in terms of hiring? Where are we likely to find them in terms of geographic locations? And we would come up with a strategy which included, okay, which events should just the talent acquisition team attend? Which team, which events can we kind of put forth, propose a speaker? And then we would uh, kind of uh, put a call out internally. Hey, does anybody have uh, a talk they've already done or like a talk that they're interested in giving uh, at this or that conference? And the incentive is like, I mean, at Wuga, it was like you get to travel to pretty exotic places. I mean, sometimes less exotic, like uh, Cologne, but <laughs> sometimes exotic, like San Francisco, right? And you get uh, anyone phone. who's listening from Cologne, we apologize yeah, already. Um, I'm just—I was comparing relative to San Francisco. It's less exotic. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, I, I like that point because it's—it gives more—it gives more of a purpose to content. Yeah. Right? And, you know, m- meetups, written content, videos, whatever, right? It's, it's a purpose. And mm-hmm. I think content for content's sake is just a waste of time. You know, there's so much noise already out there. Mm-hmm. Don't add to it. But if there's a purposely thought out piece of content that adds conversations, doesn't just sure. regurgitate what's already there, mm-hmm. and there's a reason that you're doing it, then go for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just... Just sharing a picture of the team and saying happy Friday every Friday, expecting different results, isn't really going to do much for your branding other than saying, okay, on Friday you take pictures. I don't want to take pictures on a Friday. I'm probably yeah. not going to join. Yeah. There, there's like there's I, there's so much that can be done. Yeah. One hour isn't enough um, by yeah. any means, but we will stop it there. Um, but I appreciate you you taking the time and, and going through that. There's so much to unpack in this. Mm. Hopefully. You can trial out the uh, the dead link thing. Let me know how it works. Um, I really, and the biggest takeaway for me is that beginning of the year, work out who are you going to be targeting the most mm-hmm. and then try and navigate groups around that. Because I think what a lot of people tend to do, they get a role in, intel and an external, and then they're thinking, ah, where do they sit? Where do they sit? Go LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Whereas, you know, you, you can pretty much guarantee, especially if you're an internal fan team, what's your stack? 
it's not going to drastically change. Uh-huh. Okay, what are you typically hiring for? Then those are the groups you go and find. Just go and nurture them and go start embedding yourself in them in an authentic yeah. way. Yeah. But thank you so much for, for joining um, and really sharing your knowledge. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, same here. Thank you for hosting and uh, yeah, great questions, great discussion. Uh, hope it's useful for other people. I did a lot of time on uh, fundamentals, but again, in my experience, um, people try to skip those. And then <laughs> I think it just makes everything else uh, much, much harder. So mm. I think it's just worth highlighting those and spending a lot of time on those. Um, yeah, so that people can you can't build a house get on with the more foundations. Fun. That's what I got told. Exactly. Exactly. But thank you, Otherwise, thank you so gonna... much for it. All right, cool. Thanks, Eden. Have a good one.